for us as women, if we have daughters, I have a son, but if, if I do have a daughter, I will 100% do exactly what my mum did for me, even more so, you know, like I'm talking ceremony around a fire kind of shit. <laughs> You're listening to the Well Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's menstrual cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. This is episode 237, also episode six in our menstruation mini series. And you're tuning in to listen to Melissa Ranges and I talk about menstruation. Now, Melissa is a beautiful friend of mine, and she is also a certified holistic sex coach from New Zealand. She's passionate advocate for female sexuality as a source of liberation and vitality. She's been inspired by the pivotal workshop that she went through in Bali, and she's recognized the need for a more holistic approach to sex, leading her to train with some of the leading sexologists, tantra practitioners, and sex educators around the globe. She runs a beautiful online business, and she's also a guest teacher inside our cyclical school level one menstrual cycle coaching course. And I'm so honored to have her on this episode with me. And we are talking all about menstruation. Our chat goes very diverse. We talk about her first menstrual experience. We talk about free bleeding and what that feels like and the modern day we can way we can free bleed. She also shares how she currently will honor her menstrual cycle when it returns postpartum and her favorite products that she loves to use through menstruation to help her feel nourished and supported. Mel, welcome back to the Well Woman podcast. Thanks for having me back. What a treat. You are so welcome. And I'm really excited because this is our first chat since you've had a little bub. And Mm. we are talking about menstruation. So tell us, I've got to laugh (laughs) as I ask this question. Tell us what day of your cycle are you on and how are you checking in today? Well, Gemma, I'm on day cycle 520. (laughs) And... (laughs) I'm feeling confused with my hormones. No, no. I actually feel really good. To be honest, I kind of, I feel two ways about being on cycle day 520. Part of me craves my period back so I can get back into knowing my inner rhythms. And then another part is like, do you know what? It's actually quite nice to not have a period right now whilst being a mama. You know, I I, I don't have the opportunity to go deep into like a big bleed all my winter right now as a mom. So it actually, I feel kind of neutral about it. Here I am listening to you be like, I am having serious mofo. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just returning my blood to the earth and giving myself a face mask. And I'm like, seriously, stop. Uh, especially because I talk so much about this with so many people, but it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Did you, how was your transition? I'm just jumping straight in and asking, okay, how was your transition within the first few months of pregnancy real and this is a menstrual series this isn't we're not at the pregnancy series yet <laughs> but what was it like for the for you the first few months going from being the cyclical woman you know mm. a large percentage of your, of your life mm. to then all of a sudden be like I don't have a compass anymore like mm. what was that for you like how did that feel for you super confusing like you know a, a lot of my planning a lot of 
Yeah, that inner compass, as you say, is like, oh, well, I'm feeling like this because of this. And like, yes, I could say, well, I'm feeling like this because I'm now pregnant, but I'm a bit of a control freak. So I love predictability. You know, I'm like, well, I'm being an asshole because I'm in my luteal phase, you know, or like I'm feeling horny because I'm here. And not having that was like, okay, I I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm just going to ride this one out. So I definitely had to bring in different tools and a lot of patience. But yeah, I guess you get used to it, right? You get used to it and your cervical mucus is changing. And it's like, well, this is, this can't be fertile mucus because I'm pregnant. (laughs) What is it? My cervical plug is like four times the size (laughs) of what it normally is. Where is this shit coming from? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so true. And for those who don't know you, who have not listened to your previous episode on our podcast, let's just learn a little bit about you. I think that's a really great place to start. But like, who are you? What is it that you do? And how do you like to service the world when you're not servicing um, the world as a mum? Yeah. So I'm Melissa Branges. I'm a certified holistic sex coach. I work with women who want to feel sexually empowered and liberated in their bodies and in their bedroom. And this is definitely something I'm deeply passionate about is giving women the tools to access more pleasure in their bodies, to be more embodied in the bedroom, to communicate well, to feel ecstatic, to feel alive in their bodies, to have lots of goddamn orgasms. That is definitely how I service the world (laughs) and women. So yeah, that's a little bit about what I do in a short, tiny, like micro crumb of a second. (laughs) A little drop in the pond. (laughs) And I think it's a great, I'm really glad that you shared that. This is why I asked is because when you are no longer on your menstrual cycle, there's a big difference in, especially during pregnancy, also during like perimenopause, menopause, Mm. between having this lush cervical mucus, which adds to the amplification of libido Mm. that you just don't get when you're pregnant or when you're like menopausal because all of a sudden your crept glands are no longer in this epic production mode when your cervix is migrating north to like open and soften ready for this high peak of ovulation. So how did you navigate that as you transition from being a menstruator into this new version of yourself? Mm. I think a lot of it comes with compassion. So I shared this openly on my social media in my first trimester I was very sexually alive and activated and I felt like my libido was just like, come here, must do again. (laughs) I've turned into a caveman. And then it started kind of waning off. And my first initial thought was, oh, how long is this going to last? Like surely not the rest of my pregnancy. And it did. I didn't really have a high libido it actually I found my I found myself not orgasming the way I could I couldn't access cervical orgasms when like later in my pregnancy it was super interesting so yeah it was definitely confronting at times like the sex coach who doesn't have sex but (laughs) also (laughs) it happened but also cycle coach who doesn't have a menstrual cycle yeah (laughs) But then it, it just allowed me to go deeper into what intimacy really is with myself and, and my partner. You know, I think all of these like moments, big moments in times that definitely bring up confronting topics. It's like, cool, well, what next? Like, what are you going to do to actually deepen this without, you know, X, without this part, without your period, without your sex drive? What are you going to do now? 
So, yeah, it was actually, it was fun to navigate. And obviously I learned so much that I could then share with other women. But yeah, just just lots of compassion and slowness and and zooming out to create a new story around your sexuality or your sex drive or play, pleasure, libido. Yeah, and it's it can look like so many more things than just penetrative mm. penis, vagina sex if you're heterosexual, yeah. Just so interesting. Thank you for sharing. Let's talk about your men's, let, let's talk about menstruation yeah. and what do you miss? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Let's talk everything. about <laughs> everything. I just, I wish the ability to yoni steam, but like well, right now yeah. during pregnancy, you can't do that, which is really mm. frustrating. Also surrendering in all surrender. But what was your first initiation into the menstrual cycle, whether that was your first bleed or the first talk or the first education point, but how did you go transitioning from being this young version of the maiden to mm. into this menstrual maiden? Mm. You know what? I feel so proud about the experience that I have. Bless my mom and my dad. I remember, and it is so vivid to me, like many young menstruators, I remember going to the bathroom and looking down and seeing blood. I was like, oh my God, what? And then I was like, oh no, I heard about this in school because I was a late menstruator. So we had the chat at school. Mm -hmm. Part of me felt a little bit shameful that I hadn't started bleeding it. It was like, oh no, it, like a lot of my friends have their periods. I, I'm not a real woman. I don't have that yet. So yeah, being a late bloomer, I definitely held a bit of shame around that. And then I got my period and I did the old, get lots of toilet paper, wrap it around your hand, take it out and put it in. <laughs> Who hasn't done that? Oh my gosh. Before? <laughs> Absolutely. It's a must if you haven't tried it. But yeah, did that, walked out and I was like, mom, she was in the bedroom with dad. It was in the morning. I was like, mom, I need to talk to you. And she came out and I was like, I think I had my period. And she was like, love, that's incredible. Congratulations. Welcome to womanhood. And just fully celebrated me. I was like, don't tell dad. Okay. Don't tell dad. <laughs> she's like, okay. Okay. Love. But then later she's she going to tell her your dad. <laughs> yeah. She was stoked. And then yeah, later on, dad came out and he was like, Melissa, I just want to congratulate you for getting your period. That's incredible. Like, welcome to being a woman. And I was like, shush, it's so embarrassing. Don't. But looking back on it now, like fucking beautiful. What an incredible initiation as a young woman to be congratulated and welcomed into womanhood in that way. I got to go down the road and pick up some pads and I selected some tampons which I couldn't use for the first like six months anyway that's another story who hasn't done aerobics trying to get a tampon how high on the wall can I get my leg <laughs> oh god, oh, god. yeah so high but yeah that was my initiation it was I was really celebrated for entering this part of of my life as a woman so yeah I I only look back with really fond memories and so much gratitude for my mom doing that Mm, what an honor and also your dad too you know particularly the mm. era of time that would have occurred in very rare for a man to step up to be like congratulations you know this is a beautiful process and this is a beautiful step for you into womanhood I think more men maybe today are a little bit more aware of that if they've got aware women as partners or sisters or friends but yeah very rare so I'm like so like kudos to your dad yeah dad big time I know yeah. and I mean he was brought up in a really conservative family with three brothers. 
Like he didn't have a sister. So I just think, yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Mm, um, that's really beautiful. And mm. thanks for sharing that you're a late bloomer because I also can resonate. I was the last of my friends and there's a whole thing around that being an early menstruator in your friend circle versus being one of the later menstruators in your friend circle. But after you did get that first initial menstruation and your mum sounds like she did a beautiful process with you, which is so nice and, and lovely. What was your first few years of menstruating like? Did you enjoy these? Was there challenges? Like what did you learn about your body? Was there resistance? Mm. I think I felt definitely a little disgusted at times. It was like, you know, feeling a pad between your legs or in your knickers was just like, oh, my God, this is gross. Is this what it feels like? Is this what I'm going to be? I remember walking down the hallway at school with a pad on and it was obviously full and being like, wow, I have to wear this thing for the rest of my life. Like, this is what all women do. This is fucked up. You know, it was like, I was disappointed. As you yeah. walk your legs, like, move through your school skirt. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is disappointing that I have to do this. Why can't men do this? What do they have to do? You know, tit for tat kind of energy. But I remember definitely, like, feeling overwhelmed at the fact that I had to do this every single month. I learned a lot about, I guess, taking more care of my body in the first couple of years. But even then, like care, what that was back then looks completely different now. Confusing, right? I I want to ask, what was care? Because I'm getting a flash of you like ripping the sealed section of the Dolly magazine, being so keen to read. (laughs) Yeah. Well, did you say what was what? What What was your care? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. What was your care? I think mostly it was probably more hygienic care. Like, okay, I've got to change this pad like every couple of hours. I've got to make sure that I have showers every single day or twice a day. You know, it was like getting more in tune with that. Not like I never showered during the day, but it was like, I I don't want to smell. You know, I think that was a big part. Like I need to care for myself. I need to do that. I definitely don't mean care like meditating on my um vagina or things like that I was naked outside in the ground (laughs) yeah I definitely wasn't there yet no that's really good that's good insight as a as a teenager like early Mm. adult yeah really yeah yeah I think and and care of pretending like I actually didn't have a period I was like okay how can I hide the fact that I have a period that's what I you know thought care was as well it's like hide it from the world so Yeah, I I learned a lot, but also because it wasn't an openly spoken about topic back then, it was like, don't ask any questions. I should just be able to put a tampon up. Like, why doesn't it go up? You know, I should. Where does it go? (laughs) Yeah. What hole? No, I don't. More than one? Huh? What are you talking about? (laughs) Like, it's just, yeah, I think you quickly start to learn that actually everyone else is going through the same thing. You know, you had that bestie and I was like, oh my God, I I put two tampons in today. I didn't realize I had another one. She was like, don't worry, I've done that too. So you soon start to create, I think, a deeper sisterhood around the chat of your periods when you talk kind of about the fails that have happened and what you're going through. So Um, beautiful. so So beautiful. And it's really humbling because we all think and feel the same things, but often we don't discuss them or share them. 
you know, with others. And, you know, we've had guests where they couldn't talk to anybody about it versus, you know, people who can, and they feel open about it. And I'm really excited to hear that you had, you know, quite a very healthy and stable transition into that, Mm. uh, which is so nice and so refreshing that people listening to this can know that there is other ways. If you don't, didn't have that experience, it can be a different way. I, I completely agree. And for us as women, if we have daughters, I have a son, but if if I do have a daughter, I will 100% do exactly what my mum did for me, even more so, you know, like I'm talking ceremony around a fire kind of shit. <laughs> but all the things. Yeah, all the things. So, yeah, I, it's beautiful. Mm, I love that. I really love that. And just on the fact of having a son, my bestie has a son too, and I've got two nephews. But the first initiation for boys, do you know what the boys' initiation is into manhood? No. What? It's their first wet dream. Right. Yeah. So their first wet dream, like that's a celebration of manhood. And in Indigenous culture in Australia, so Aboriginal Indigenous culture, that was the initiation that they were men or becoming men. Oh, my they gosh. They were no great. longer considered just boys. And so yeah. I'm a really big advocate for people who have sons is Mm. that we need men in the world that advocate and support women not I know not everyone's a heterosexual but moving forward if you choose to be a heterosexual regardless of whether you do that with a partner or you just have friends who Mm. are of the opposite sex having men that can support women is what the world also needs it's not just the women rising to the knowledge and acknowledgement of their own menstrual cycle and menstruation and the cyclical nature of that. But it's also having men who can honour that and, you know, really hold their women in a beautiful space while they transition from phase to phase. And I think that boys are boys today. And I'm so, you know, your son's going to have such an amazing experience in becoming that man because of Mm. the, you know, the parents, I don't know, you guys are. So Mm. yeah, there's always great opportunities regardless of the sex that we're, we're born into, whether we have that lived experience or not, but the mothers can share that experience with their, with their sons. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to teach Soul all about the menstrual cycle. And if he chooses to be with a woman or a man, whatever, this knowledge is going to stay with him. Like I, I'm so excited to bring up a conscious little dude who can really hold other women in that space. Mm. Hear ye, sister. Hear ye. <laughs> Hear these men. Yeah, um, I agree. I'm interrupting this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course, a simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios along with action steps, cycle tracking guides, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish you had have been taught at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and your cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over thousands of women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. Use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off at wellsome.com forward slash shop. So we, you mentioned products earlier about your tampon experience. <laughs> so is that, tell, let's talk about your tampon experience and then <laughs> let's transition to like, what are your chosen products now? Like when it comes to, I know it's a bit different because you're still 
core, hardcore, maybe hardcore is not the right word, but solid committed to the breastfeeding journey. And so your cycle hasn't fully returned yet. Yes. But when it comes to products, what has been your transition of products? Mm. Mm. So do we want to talk about the products that I used when I started or just what I use now? Both. Let's talk about both. Okay. So when I started bleeding for the first time, pads was the most accessible thing that I didn't have to try and like manipulate into my vagina. (laughs) (laughs) So just that visual. I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) That's a great word. That's a really good description. Manipulate. (laughs) Yes. Um, Maneuver. Yeah. So pads, but I found them quite gross. Back then, you know, I'm 35 now. So back then, when I was 16, I guess maybe for 15, I actually can't remember. They were thick and heavy and they were like duvets. And you know? they were, they were <laughs> nappy. Let's get honest. They were goddamn nappy. But then I really wanted to use tampons. I felt like that, you know, it's like when you want to wear a bra for the first time, like your nipples are starting to grow or your breasts are starting to grow. And it's like, I want to wear a bra, even though you don't need it, you know. It's yes. like you, you just Still a bit of air like gap woman. in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's total air gap. Like, you, do you have triple A's? Anyway, and so I tried the applicator, which it just hurt, and I couldn't get the angle right. And, yeah, I was doing definitely gymnastics, trying to get it in, the leg, like, straight up, looking, opening up the booklet and being like, well, she's squatting, but it still hurts when I put it in. The writing I'm like, in the booklet, the instructions are so small, you need a, micro, you need a microscope. To leg yeah. up on the toilet. And I remember mum asking me, but not wanting her to be there when I was trying to do that, obviously. She was like, just do this, love, you know, do that. And I'm like, it's still not working. And eventually I got to use a tampon, which felt... Yeah, like I had succeeded in my mission, which felt great. Um, Had freedom. Yeah, totally. Goodbye, duvet. And I guess as time went on, period products have evolved as well, right? So Mm -hmm. for the last three years, I would say three and a half years, I've used uh, period underwear. And I've used a cup once or twice when I've been surfing, but period underwear, I just, I love. And mm. and like, I, to be honest, don't judge me, love the feeling of feeling my blood like flowing down and out. Like, it's it a is, great feeling. It, it is. And some people be like, oh God, that's disgusting. And, and like, fair enough. Well, that's fine. But it's like, I know that this part of me is leaving my body how it's meant to. There's nothing actually holding my vagina muscles together or sucking them or pulling them and I found as soon as I went to period underwear I actually didn't get cramping Mm. it was like finally my uterus can actually relax my vaginal walls can actually just relax and soften and like do the process they're meant to you know it's essentially the closest thing to free bleeding in the modern world so yeah that's what I've been using for the last three and a half years I love it. And I, I, you're so right about the contraction of the uterus and then the vaginal canal and how that needs to hold things like cups and tampons in place. It's so interesting. Like when you look at the history of menstrual cycle products and a lot of people don't realize like the first cup was developed in like 1888. So like it's wow. been around for a really long time. Obviously it was made out of very different material. They used Mm. to make tampons out of sticks wrapped in rags and used to insert them. Like that used, that was the very first original tampon from 
we're talking like back to the Egyptian era, like a long time ago. Wow, love this and knowledge. Yeah, there's some very interesting, if you get deep into a Google search, there's some very interesting images out there on the web, but <laughs> encyclopedia.com. But it's so fascinating how over time more and more people have started to, started to really recognize that there's so many other options to just one option. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, it's not like you're dating a man and that you're monogamous. <laughs> you can only have one type of menstrual product. Like you can be the dirty slut and have as many <laughs> partners as you want, you know, when it comes to, to menstrual products. And you're right. I love, love that it. you it's the closest thing to free bleeding in the modern world. And I want to talk about that feeling of menstrual blood, you know, leaving through the cervix, through the vaginal canal, maybe touching your labia and Mm. exiting your body. Can you describe what that feels like? And I'm asking you to do this because some people have never, and I know you would give a great description. (laughs) It's like, describe to me what arousal fluid feels like. (laughs) Is that a lot of people have never felt this or they're afraid or they have fear or shame still and what that actually could feel like. And I think the reason I'm asking you to to share is that the more women can connect with what things feel like as they're leaving, like so menstruation, you know, menstruation is made up of blood, discharge, cervical mucus, all the stuff, is Mm -hmm. that that's going to connect you more with the feeling of being pregnant and entering the birth portal and entering, Mm -hmm. you know, labor and what's actually happening through your vagina because You've had previous experience of what it actually feels like. So what does it feel like for you menstruating and being and knowing that you've got this leaving your body? Mm, it feels freeing. You know, it actually feels. So the description of the actual feeling feels like. Hmm. I'm sorry. It's I'm having a little laugh because I'm like, she's on day 520. Jenny. Yeah, I was like, like it's been so long. So like, oh yeah, two weeks ago. It felt I know. Like- sorry, it, it, I'm teasing you. It's a feeling of a release. You know, it's like when you take a big exhale and there's pressure that is released, and this is pressure in the form of a liquid that is released from your vagina. Like a big shit. <laughs> in my mind I'm like it's kind of a poop feeling like a good poop feeling leaving out your vagina yeah I feel like it's (laughs) I ain't got poetry for you today (laughs) (laughs) it's that I can also it's a it's a sensation totally same sensation of like you know I've been at yoga years ago like I've been practicing for 12 years or whatever. And I've been at yoga and been like, holy shit, did I just get my period? Yes. And then you walk to the bathroom and then your body's like, psych, cervical mucus. Yeah. It's like so excited. You're just wet, right? And you're like, God, do I put, <laughs> do I need toilet paper for this? Or like, is a wipe enough? And it's that same feeling of that dropping yeah. into like the area of your entrance of your vulva and then in the labia, mm. depending on the makeup of your yoni, it's that same kind mm. of sensation. And I think that if women can feel into what that feels like with their cervical mucus, they can bring mm. a better attention to maybe wanting to explore that with their menstruation if they are people who use tampons or cups. So totally. <laughs> thanks for reminiscing with me. And I think, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, Something to point out here as well is like, don't be afraid to feel your, your own fluid, mm. you know, because we, I think because it's blood, it's like, oh no, gross, can't feel that. But when we have sex and this is just, you know, a, a part of my work, it's like, oh, we can like touch our partner's semen or our 
our woman's cervical mucus or fertile mucus. We can, I'm going to say it, but like we can drink it, we can play with it, we can whatever. But as soon as it comes Wording to our blood, fluid, it's like... different orgasmic <laughs> fluid, sometimes yeah. it's involved depending on the type of sex you're having. Urine, spit, <laughs> like all of those things. Yeah. And yet when it comes to blood, it's in our own, our own body's liquid, in our own knickers, it's like, oh, no, I don't want to feel that. But yesterday you were happily like playing around with semen or following <laughs> <else> semen. <laughs> you said it. I'm happy so to put I it think... out there. It happens. People do it, you know. This is the real life. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think, you know, put like just asking yourself how if I'm happy to do this, why aren't I happy to feel my own blood? I'm not asking you to drink it or, you know, whatever. But it's like if I'm scared of just feeling it being released out of my vulva why why am I scared of that yet I'm happy to do dot 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 I think that's kind of a cool exploration and question yeah I love that I I'm always like kids pick their boogers look at them occasionally might eat them or they flick them off or they wipe them on the carpet or whatever (laughs) you know like it's we have as adults lost a lot of that inquisitive nature Mm. and I'm always like if you experience a clot like mm-hmm. you need to feel that. What's the mm. texture of the yeah. Is it calcified? Is it hard? Yes. Is it mushy like a jellyfish? You mm. know what that feels like. And I love encouraging people, Mel, that, you know, even if it's menstrual underwear, just dab your finger in it and place it on your forehead. Like anoint yourself. Yeah, and totally. A lot of people don't realize that the two most richest sources of stem cells are the umbilical cord that the baby has with it for life or for mm. its internal womb life Mm. and then menstrual blood healthy Mm. menstrual blood and if we think that's dirty stem cells are life yeah we pay a lot of money for research and i tell you what right now being pregnant and i would sure you would agree like i'm missing access to my stem cells yeah totally totally (laughs) like i've had cuts or burns and i've popped a little bit of my menstrual blood on every oh my gosh i love that i mean yeah, we Why do that not? breast milk. Like when my babies had a cut or a rash or whatever, I'm just like squirt, squirt, like put that on. <laughs> it's so true. Like why? Do, like why? Yeah. yeah, yeah, put that in your toolkit. But why don't we do that with our blood? It's so mm-hmm. true. I really love that. Yeah. So if you're freaking out listening to this, I challenge. <laughs> we challenge you. Could you touch your menstrual blood? And I think a great start is if someone uses a menstrual cup, like pour that. Mm over it's kind of like if you're freaking out about having period sex do it in the shower it's a great place to start okay. so if you're freaking out about like menstrual blood going everywhere but you do want to connect with it in some way like place it on your hand pour it on your belly or on your boobs whilst you're in the shower mm. you know it off very very quickly but at least it's an it's an it's a start you know it's an initiative absolutely yeah uh, anything yes, else that's you want to add to that? no i just think the biggest thing is start small and like, if you freak out, let yourself freak out being like, Oh God, I've never done this before. Like allow that part of you to be there because yes. the more you lean into it and stretch yourself around connecting to your body, the easier it will become, mm. you know, start off small, love the menstrual cup idea. And then, yeah. And then anoint yourself two months later or whatever, <laughs> you know, like you don't have to go fully into a blood mask. Totally. Like don't, you don't have to rip your bandaid. You're not a student. <laughs> school where I make them do that in in the first semester but I think (laughs) I think it's important because take time you've got probably another 12 opportunities in that one calendar year to explore that same thing Mm. so this I'm always like this isn't a hair race this is a tortoise race if this is really something (laughs) you're like 
evolving into like take your time mm. with it yeah like slow steady first dates Absolutely. Some people love to just rip it right off. There's no, there's no conversation. It's just right to the <laughs> kitchen or the bedroom or whatever you want to call it. Depending yeah. on what your intention is, then yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, intention is everything. But I, I think this is a great segue into like how in the past have you really loved honoring your bleed? And I think this is a really great question to you because I can imagine how many ways, oh, I know you honor sensuality, sexuality, connecting with pleasure. So knowing that connecting and honoring a menstrual bleed can also be pleasure filled. Mm. How do you, or how have you in the past, you know, honored your bleed and what are you looking forward to doing when your bleed arrives back for the very first time? Mm. Do you know what? I'm going to answer the last bit first. Yes, please. I am so excited. So I lived on a bit of land. I'm so excited to get witchy and bleed right into the land for my first bleed after becoming a mum and just like really honoring like Pachamama and like doing something really ritualistic as a bleeding mama for the first time. So I'm so looking forward to doing that. Hopefully it's not raining, but that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. You sat um, there with an umbrella. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I will bleed into the earth. <laughs> what I've done in the past, so yes, I'm a huge advocate. As you know, like I used to be a menstrual cycle coach as well and def- definitely dived into a lot of the menstrual cycle world be- before coming becoming a sex coach. So, I mean, my favorite thing to do, so th- I'd like to do two things. One is like solo session, solo session of actually like really connecting to my sensuality and my body, like doing a breast mass- massage practice just really connecting into like the sensitivity and the tenderness of my body is such a beautiful way to enter my winter. It's like, I'm here for you. I love you. If you're, if I'm experiencing pain, doing a womb massage, but just like having, having my uterus is back. Like I've got you here for you. Like let's move through this together, slowing down, like huge rest advocate and just yeah really respecting the space that my body needs to bleed that's in an ideal world I don't you know let's like also be realistic sometimes I have meetings or events when I've started bleeding and it's like cool I'm going to do the best I can here that may look like doing some breath work on the way to an event or just again placing my hand on my uterus and being like okay like this is two hours I'm here for you I've got your back I'm just going to do the bare minimum but we're going to still show up okay baby like you and me let's go we got this yeah we can do this and obviously the food I eat the exercise I'm doing getting into nature just plugging into the grounding the grounding ingredients food nature breath body movement that kind of stuff and the last bit is having my partner on board. So I love letting him know when I am entering my winter and he shows up in the most beautiful ways, bringing me specific tea for that time or making me breakfast in bed or just kind of giving me permission. Sometimes I need somebody to tell me to say like, hey, like slow down or don't worry, I've got this or like save that for a couple of days. So yeah, I love being like, babe, I'm I've just started bleeding. I'd love you to dot, 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 or I need dot, dot, dot. And I think it's important to communicate with our men if you are in a hetero relationship because they have never experienced a period. They don't know what cramping or bleeding feels like. So I think it's important to say, like, 
I need some space or I need you to do dinner tonight or I would love it if you dot, dot, dot. So, yeah, that's kind of how I honor my my bleed in my winter. Mm, What a great way to prep men and your men for what is needed through pregnancy and postpartum too. Absolutely. I think a lot of us think that menstruation is really in isolation. They just that we just focus on the menstrual part or the menstruation itself. Mm. But our menstrual experience is preparing us for all of the future cycle transition experiences. Mm. And, you know, prepping your your partner, if you are a hetero, <laughs> into support through menstruation is only going to see a positive turn when it comes to pregnancy and postpartum and like Absolutely. being able to say, hey, look, also as a woman and a menstruator I need some support like could you help me do this or could you do this for me or could you bring me this that would be really helpful absolutely and it's on us you know you can't build resentment or be pissed off at your partner when you haven't communicated what you need you know like I love taking a bit of self-accountability here to go oh they're not doing that and it's like well did you communicate that because they ain't mind readers so it really is on us to build that confidence to communicate in a way that can invite them into the experience as well. Like yeah. it feels so good. And when they do do something, it's like, thank you so much. I feel so fucking loved by you. I feel so seen by you. Thank you for caring about me in this time. And that kind of appreciation only breeds more of that and allowing them or inviting them to show up in that way for you. Yes. I love that. And ultimately men love supporting like that's mm. the role yeah. of like I've got this like I am the mountain as my best yes. friend like I'm the mountain I'm solid I've got the groundwork here yeah you just be the air that floats around me and I'm like oh I love like it. that love um, it. so so powerful and I could literally chat with you all day <laughs> but we are pretty much out of time so I do have a final question I'd love to ask you to roll off from where we were but how can people find you and connect with you to learn more about what you do as a mm. certified holistic sex coach, if they want to connect with more of your work. Instagram, baby, hit me up. <laughs> no, my Instagram handle is Melissa at Melissa Vrangis. I'm not going to spell it out. It's a it's a hard one to, to spell out, but just you'll have it in the show notes. I will. Just find me there. I share lots of information there. And then you can sign up to my newsletter, which is where I go a little bit more deeper and more personal uh, with that community as well. So Instagram me. Mm -mm. Well, yes, the links will all be in the show notes. And I love following you on Instagram. (laughs) You're like one of the first, you know, like the people that come up the most and like the first people, like you're one of those people for me. Oh, love. (laughs) Um, Now, final question to wrap up is we normally ask the question of like, what are three things you wish you had have known when you, you know, started menstruating that you know today, but I'd love to know what are your like non-negotiable tools or products? Obviously menstrual underwear is going to be one of them (laughs) when you're menstruating. Like what are some things that you're like, oh God, I ran out of that, this bleed. I need to order that for the next bleed. What what are some of the products that are non-negotiable for you that you love Mm. to have supporting you through your menstruation? Gosh, great question. So definitely, yes, period underwear for sure. I'm going to say an oil. Like I love body oils. So a womb oil is absolutely my go-to. What's if your I run favorite out, ingredient in a womb oil? Rose so, probably. Ooh, rose oil. Like rose yeah. hip or rose oil? A rose oil. So there's so many great oils. I had to ask yeah. 
next? <laughs> I've got this like specific womb love one from actually someone in Australia who makes like flower oils. So yes, that. And I'm going to say something like a food. I'm going to say like a cacao or chocolate or like something that brings pleasure into my period. So yeah, something, something central on the lips. Ooh, I like that. Central on the lips, better on your hips. (laughs) (laughs) Jab straight. Oh, and it's so nice to know that things can be kept really simple and you don't need a lot, you know, to make make your menstruation honorable and lovable. And you can do that living in your caravan, traveling around, camping, flying over the, you know, over the globe or at home. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I always love chatting to you. What a treat. It is. And I'm so, so grateful. So thanks so much, honey. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into every episode of the Well Woman podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. If this episode excited you, please hit follow on Spotify, which means all of my episodes will pop up in your feed weekly. So you never miss a weekly drop. I'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. Love this episode? Come and follow me over on Instagram at wellsome underscore Gemily. Say hi and share what you've taken away from this episode with me. Now, is there a bestie, sister, or a friend who you know who might be fed up, frustrated, and confused with their cycles? Are they ready to join you in awakening their cyclical essence too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your socials, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to them. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our cycles. Now, until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.